Hey everybody, welcome to the Bag and Boardcast, episode number 250. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. And we're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways. The first being The Week in Geek, bringing you the top geek story of the past week. Next is the list, the books that we are looking forward to coming out February 25th, 2015. And we follow that up with our weekly rotating main topic. And this week is uh, John Baby. He brought this to the table. Uh... With the upcoming Suicide Squad movie and the Suicide Squad being relaunched in the comic books, uh, John thought, hey, why don't we build our own Suicide Squad teams? It's been a little while since we've done a team-building exercise. I uh, always have fun doing those, too. Yeah. yeah. I think, what was the last time we You're did You're great that, at like trust X-Men? falls. <laughs> or was it our Olympics one? Um, Olympics. We did an Olympic one. Paul and I did a X Factor TV show for a not episode. Oh, yes. <laughs> Um, oh, jeepers. I forgot about that. But I think we've done one... <laughs> Even Paul Cameron's never <laughs> uh I think we've, we have to have had done one between that. Yeah. We I did do an I... we did that X-Men team with Steve. Mm-hmm. I, I think that was before the uh, Olympics, though. Yeah, maybe. It's been a while. It's been a while. But we can all agree... That it was, we've done some in the past between our 250 episodes. <laughs> yeah, how about that? Show. Yeah. We, we've, yeah. we've done, uh, a, a listing of team building. And also we've drink, drank a lot of beer. A lot of beer. A lot of a beer. A lot of beer. Like, on average, three per episode, right? About, yeah. 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 So that's, uh, and not, quickly now, do now the that math. I'm not there too, it's, like three each per episode too, <laughs> yeah. so, so that's it's like six over seven hundred beers we have uh, reviewed on this show now. <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> that's a low estimate. Yeah, because yeah, because remember before we would uh when we started we would just pour like thimbles. Yeah, know, like, we would we, do. We had like yeah, we had four little ounce. little shot like little plastic shot glasses. Yeah, it was tiny, tiny little. And we would do a whole course. sampler pack, like twelve beers sometimes. Yeah. And I mean, we'd also just when Scott was here, we would do like four beers, mm-hmm. and whoever liked whatever beer the most, they'd get to drink that the rest of the show. So, yeah. which I kind of like that. I wouldn't mind going back to that. Yeah, it sucked if you didn't like any of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it also uh, made the beer review top. It made our show top heavy with the beer review. Yeah. yeah. Now it's more spread out, and it's yeah between easier, but... between the topics, it makes more sense. Mm-hmm. Hey, we're we're always learning. Always yeah. learning, always trying to come up with new things, and maybe, you know, listeners can always throw in their two cents. Yeah, we're always looking for ideas. Yeah, by buying stuff on beggingboard.com <laughs> slash Amazon. Exactly. Yeah. Little, little plug. Mm-hmm. We're going to get to it eventually. Just throw it out there at the front. Uh, but Chris, what are you celebrating our 250th show by drinking? Um, I've been enjoying the stuff that I've picked up from uh, Bee Nectar Meadery, and I decided to grab another one today. And this is Kill All the Golfers. Mm. This is a honey wine with black tea, Ooh. lemon, and peach black tea. Mm. Um, my girlfriend just had the um, zombie killer, the cherry, yeah. the cherry one. And she's like, I need more drinks. I need more beers from this company. And I said, like, oh, Chris has had like a bunch of them. And I actually just looked up. The, the the golfer one the other day and was talking to her about it. Sounds yep. delicious. How much honestly, tea is in it? What was that? How much tea is on the palate? It's a lot of tea. Ooh, honestly, yeah. Honestly, it's like an alcoholic version of a Arnold Palmer. Oh, talk slower, Chris. <laughs> Describe it. How does it feel in your mouth? 
it it feels like tea, but it's got that nice sweetness on it from the honey, and then you get the peach, and it's I, I they say it's brewed with like a peach black tea added to it, but it's a nice solid peach flavor. It's not like a syrupy at all. It's actually like biting into a peach. That sounds good. It's, it's good. It's I, I, like I said, it's basically an Arnold Palmer with a little bit of peach mm-hmm. and uh, like honey on it. I think the only other peach beer that I've had was the Dogfish Head. Dogfish has got that peach. Yeah, uh, a lot of apricot beers. I like the apricot, yeah. apricot from Dogfish quite a bit, and, and the peach I think was a little syrupy for Dogfish Head. I thought, or I can't really remember. I'm sorry, Chris. Keep going. Like a lot of their stuff too. This is a themed bottle. And this one's themed after Caddyshack. Because oh. it has a gopher driving around on a golf cart. <laughs> He's got, like, the aviator sunglasses and mm-hmm. a bucket hat on. That sounds like the best thing to come out of Caddyshack. No, 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 no. Did not like that movie. It's a series it's of gags. Bill Murray? <laughs> no, it's just because it's not really a movie so much as a series of gags. It's like That's a Kevin... Much any of those movies, Yeah, but, I mean, though. what about Animal House? Stripes. Stripes is good for the first half. And then it gets bad when they get into when, the tank. When they steal the Winnebago? Yeah. yeah. And then I'm like, oh, this is kind of silly now. Well, what what beer are you guys uh, popping open? Army for? beer, sir! Oh, sorry, Stripes. Army uh, training, sir. <laughs> we are having Naked Pig Pale Ale. And this is the first time we've had anything from the Back 40 Beer Company on the show. Um, and this was brought to us by, uh, the girlfriend, Caitlin. Uh, not much of a, it is a pale ale, it is a pale and ale. Not, it's not an IPA, <laughs> and I gotta not rate it as an IPA, but I can't help it. I'm like, oh, this is okay. It's, it's like, if, if it was a hot day, this would be, re- yeah, quote unquote, refreshing in that easy drinking beer, but very easy drinking. The, middle of winter, horrible. Not a lot of, I mean, there's not a lot of out there flavor but it's also been in the cellar for two months at two most. months pale ale who knows how long it was on the shelf yeah pale ale's not gonna last no but it has a nice it, it has a subtle sweetness to it yeah it kind of reminds me of an Oktoberfest with mm-hmm. like that maltiness on yeah it. yeah at the back end but uh it has a little bit of the hop pop and then if you like a nice mellow beer this is great um, yeah. If it tastes like this, like fresh, and we're not missing anything, <clears throat> if you are getting into beers and you're like, oh, Magic Hat number nine, best, it was a great pale ale. Uh, try this out, Naked Pig. I think it's uh, I got it has something to offer. Yeah, that yeah, it's niche. definitely not it's definitely not bad. Uh, I do enjoy it. Has the recommended food pairings, and it's just a big piece of like a uh, ham, to steak, pizza. Everything, everything, (laughs) eating anything with this beer would just overpower the beer. Yeah. It would be just something good to wash down whatever you're eating. Yeah, as I say, it's something to wash it down with. Yeah, but if I'm going to pay that kind of money for a craft beer, I don't want to have something that I'm just washing something down with. No, I agree. Because I got Labatt to do that with. That's fine, you know? I was going to say, it's not something I wanted to, like, really get in depth and review, but, um. Went to Founders the other night for dinner and drinks after work, and they had a special one-off at, uh, for the tap room. And it was called Melon Bali and the Infinite Radness. Mm. 
and it was a like melon wheat beer. Very good. Hmm, sounds good. Nice and light. Good sweetness on the back end. I I dug it a lot. It's something I was actually thinking about ordering another one of at the bar, but I was like, eh. They still have backwards bastard. I'm gonna get backwards <laughs> bastard. What kind of melon are you think like are you looking at with that? It was a little bit more like cantaloupe. Cantaloupe? Yeah. Maybe a maybe a melon blend, like some honeydew. I don't know, but it wasn't like a watermelon. Or a okay. musk. A musk melon. I've never had a musk melon, so I cannot oh. confirm or deny its appearance <laughs> in the beer. In the beer. Oh. But you know what? I can confirm. What can you confirm? We had what? Jason Momoa will be Aquaman in Batman v Superman. Uh, you know, a lot of times we hear these casting rumors and they're just kind of <laughs> like, oh, yeah, I heard so-and-so is going to be that person. Unless there's, like, photo evidence of this, Chris, I do not believe he's going to be Aquaman. Well, Ooh. if you pay attention to director Zack Snyder on Twitter, you will know that this is official because Zack Snyder tweeted a black-and-white image of Jason Momoa in full Aquaman regalia with the caption, Unite the Seven. And he looks quite badass. He looks super badass. Does he, he have dreads? Good. Yeah. Yeah. With a little, little blonde highlights, which yeah. I'm okay with. Well, well <laughs> like, bleached. Like I'm, I, wait, can we confirm? This is the Bag and Board cast. We have, we, we owe it to our listeners to come down and crack down on the journalistic excellence they come to expect from us on blonde hair. On blonde hair. You know what? Diet? Or is that natural highlights? Mm. We need to know. We don't know. There's no way for us to. <laughs> we have. Uh, but like, because I was talking to someone. I, I would say it's a muskmelon <laughs> to it. Like somebody was asking me, like, "Oh, do you think they're gonna make him blonde?" And I said, "God, I hope not. He'd look really bizarre blonde. Like, it would it would look odd on him." But yeah, I think, so, I mean, Polynesian. He's got like the darker skin. He's got those red ass tattoos. Like, I don't see him being blonde, and I think it definitely works for like a, a warrior king. Oh yeah, definitely. It, it reminds me of the uh, Dothraki from. Game of Thrones. It's weird. Oh. <laughs> I, huh. I wonder why that's influence. Uh, right? Uh, <laughs> the great thing about being King of the Sea, all the tattooing you want, because, you know, he just orders... The squids. Squid. Yep. Just have squids mm-hmm. do it for him. Exactly. There you go. Uh, and now, the, je- the jellyfish use their little stingers to... To put them in there? Mm-hmm. I thought they'd use the... What are those? Blowfish? No. Blowfish. Blowfish makes more sense. I should have mm-hmm. gone that route. What are those things with the spiky... They're like the spiky ball sea urchins. Yeah. That works too. Because they're hollow. Forget everything I said. They're hollow needles. Uh, now, the Unite the Seven, <laughs> is that the seven seas or is that the seven members we know of that are going to be in the Justice League? Well, we still don't have a Green Lantern cast, right? That's, no. And that's the thing, because I, I was actually talking about this with someone at work, because they, they could play it either way, mm-hmm. where it's the seven seas, or they could go the seven Justice League members, because we know we're already going to have Cyborg in the league. We've already got our Flash with Ezra Miller. We don't have a Green Lantern yet, though, which would be kind of a kick-ass way to announce who's going to be that character, but I don't know. Um, I'm still looking for a good picture of Ben Affleck in that Batsuit. 
I don't know. The one where he's standing next to the smoky one next to the Batmobile is he pretty barely cool. Can, I mean, it's not a good picture of him. Yeah. And then they have that real up-close picture of his face on the side. Mm-hmm. I do want to say, though, before we get too far in the casting of everybody else, man, that photo looked like it was a cover for Final Crisis, right? Like, that's the same font that they used for Final Crisis. And the same, like, just one character... On the cover, the you know monochrome background. Yeah, is it not like is that? No, it's very close. Like, that's the first thing I thought of when I saw it. I'm like, oh, they're. Yeah, it didn't spark that for me, honestly. Mm-hmm. I, I thought it would be. I'm like, oh man, wouldn't it be cool to you know harken back to all of like work backwards from there, like have every character photo be like of a huge moment from DC, like ending with Superman holding somebody. In his arms, like uh, Infinite uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths, have Henny Crivall, you know, Dawn of Justice. I thought that would, okay. Well, I was the only one. <laughs> uh, what? I, I what, if, what if Superman yes. was just holding like a honey baked ham, and then they were like, pair it with pizza, maybe? <laughs> yeah. That'd be the weirdest tie-in ever. Well, you know, it's and then it's, Superman's blonde too. Third Reich Superman? He should have blue highlights in his hair. He should. Or red. Superman. Well, in the comic books, like, they always, like, he always had, like, that bluish tint. Uh, see, I was hair. going, I thought we were going to do that because of Superman red blue. No, I was doing it because, I mean, he's got black hair, but, like, they'd always have, like, bluish tint to it. Yeah, that shows the highlight. Yeah. How the. Sun kissed. Uh, yeah. All right, well, uh, yeah, Aquaman. Uh, Aquaman. Aquaman. It's cool. I dig it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we have uh, Nightcrawler being cast in uh, Apocalypse, X-Men Apocalypse, Age of Apocalypse. Mm. Uh, and it is Cody Smith-McPhee. Uh, and this kid is kind of bizarre looking, so I think he'd look good as yeah. Nightcrawler. He's kind of goofy looking. Yeah, when I saw the uh, like the picture that they put up for the casting announcement on the one news website, I was he in Freaks and Geeks? I, I was like, no. "Oh yeah, you paint that kid blue." Like, <laughs> I see it. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's gaunt looking. Yeah, <laughs> he just looks hungry. He does. He's got like weird like cheekbones and eyes and ears, and I, I think he fits a little bit more than uh, Alan Cumming did. Yeah, I thought Alan Cumming was great in it. Though. I oh, think, I, I liked him, but I think this kid's got the more mm-hmm. of the aesthetic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and they say like Quicksilver's probably to return. For... I still haven't seen First Class Two, whatever they called it. Yeah. Uh, also, well, did you guys Days of Future Past? That was the mm-hmm. one. Did you guys also see that uh, Colossus is going to be in the Deadpool movie? Yes. Yeah. Rumored. Yeah. Weird. Rumored. Rumored. Oh. Yeah, I'm, I'm okay with whatever they throw in Deadpool. I'll probably check it out. Yeah, they casted a lady. I don't know the actress's name, and I didn't know what she was from, but she's been cast. She's been cast. Something, and we don't know what. So Are you talking like, about uh, Morena Baccarin? Exactly. Her. Uh, Paul, you know her. Who, who did she play? What? Think back to the show Firefly. Okay. Okay. Inara. Oh, she's Inara? Yeah. She was supposed to be Wonder Woman. 
they've, <laughs> they've been talking about her. She's actually on Gotham that. right now playing uh, Dr. Leslie Tompkins. Oh. And she's really good on that show. I like her a lot. Mm. Cool. She was an arrow. Oh. See, I'm horrible at recognizing people. Like, But that was like cause 12 years blind. ago. It's because you're colorblind, buddy. She still looks the same. She does look exactly the same. I don't know. I'm hey, Chris. About this. Huh? I know that you are a giant fan of uh, Firefly? The, the Carrie series Lucifer. I am. I loved that book. Uh, you ready and for... I love the uh, material that it span out of, the Sandman. Uh, you looking forward to this news of uh, Fox is going to be bringing Lucifer? They're ordering a pilot for Lucifer on uh, their show, on their channel? Wow, that, that sounds really interesting. As long as they keep to the general theme of the book of him uh, starting his own creation. Yeah. You're doing that, right? Uh, no. <laughs> well, they, they wouldn't do something crazy like making it a police procedural drama, would they? Yeah, I think they would. Because <laughs> those sell. Yeah, it's like... They're like, hey, we got Gotham, and people seem to like that. So, uh, who else can we throw in a police, uh, police office building? Whatever they call that. But precinct. What do they call that, Paul? A precinct. A precinct. But you're gonna have the underworld director, uh, Len Wiseman. Uh, Ooh. See, I like I like the underworld movies. I and just I enjoyed Paul that does too, right? Because he likes their uh, invented use of transition. Yes. <laughs> They're innovative use of transitions, not taking from any other movie that was popular at the time. What I think is weird is Paul, like just just for those listening that don't know what we're talking about, because this is a little bit. Uh, I'm just saying, just for us, Underworld Paul, Paul was heavily the Underworld movie was a ripoff of the Matrix <laughs> because heavily, of the one transition they use between scenes. Heavily influenced, and they wore like leather and had yes, heavily influenced. And I'm like trench coats. I, I go I mean, into Paul's favorite part of the Matrix was all the vampires and the werewolves. Let's <laughs> not forget that. <laughs> the thing is, like I'm going in. Oh, Paul, what's Underworld about? Which I got ID'd for, by the way, to go into. Well, Last movie I got ID'd for. Ruggedly into. bearded. Uh, <laughs> it, it's oh, vampires versus werewolves, and then suddenly I'm watching this movie that's like the Matrix, and I'm like, they're running around with long. Long uh, leather coat dusters and they shooting all guns, these guns at each other. They have guns shooting. Like, what, what is this? It's vampires versus werewolves, Paul. What they said it was going to be about. Was it? That's that's was what it? the movie was. Was it? Uh, what I think is weird is like Tom uh, or was Capinos, it the who's known for his Californication show, is writing the screenplay for Lucifer. See, I still haven't watched that. Uh, it's not great. Isn't it all about Bonin? It's a lot about Bonin. And David Duchovny. Yeah, which, uh, like, right before he got cast in the show, like, came out that he was a porn addict. Uh, a sex addict. Sex addict. But he was doing all his stuff on porn. He was watching porn. Oh. He wasn't cheating on his wife. He just was hooked on porn. Okay. And then he's like, I, you know, I gotta be careful about this. I'm gonna, you know, I love my wife. I don't wanna harm my wife. But I'm going to go do this show that's all about boning. Mm-hmm. 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 Sounds smart. Sounds smart, Paul says. <laughs> get it out in your, uh, get it out at the day job. Take care of it at the office so that way when you get home you can focus on the, your spouse. It just seems smart. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what, you know what else seems smart? Uh, get smart. I don't know what. Well, we do here every week on the Bang Board Cast where we combine what we love, beer 
and comic books. Mm. It's the peanut butter and jelly of podcasting. And if only a beer company would do the same thing mm. and team up with a comic book company to celebrate some other sort of, I don't know, anniversary or birth date. Yeah, like we get, well, we could go, you know, John loves Hellboy, and we could say Old Rasputin. Oh yeah, they you could, know? Uh, yeah, yeah, Old Rasputin. Kind of works. North right? Coast Brewing, one of one of my favorites. A Russian Imperial, uh, Imperial Stout, right? Mm. Yeah, that's a good one. Like we we could do it for you know, but that's us stretching, right? That's us really reaching and trying to grab theme. And make it our own. Like you were just grabbing with your right uh-huh. hand? Yes. <laughs> Thank you for describing that he did that. <laughs> we're stretching. We're reaching. We're reaching. Well, we're filling we time. Luckily, we don't have to reach very far because one of the breweries we always seem to wind up turning to, Rogue, is helping celebrate Hellboy's 21st birthday or mm. anniversary with a creation of the Hellboy Right Hand of Doom Red Ale. Mm. And this is something that's going to be available on their website, or um, they're actually having a launch party for it at a comic book shop in their home state. Where you get where it is? I want to say it's like Washington, John. Uh, I believe so. Maybe. Oregon, Oregon, yeah. Yeah. Oregon. Okay. yeah. Um, but I think this is really cool. And so, are we only boy. going to be able to get this off their website? Is it won't be in stores? From what I was able to glean from the actual Rogue website. Um, it's something that's just going to be available from from their web store or like their tap room. Ooh. But like I said, this is something that you can actually order. It's only six dollars and seventy five cents for a bomber of it. Is that the uh, price significant to anything, or is it just what they're charging? No, I think that's just the uh, what the they're price. charging. Okay. Um, it isn't like they, the issue number that was going to be released for the twenty first anniversary of. Hellboy or anything. Oh, no, it's no. That, that's a, just the price. Okay. Um, but good news is uh, it can be delivered basically anywhere except for Massachusetts, Minnesota, New Hampshire, North Dakota, Pennsylvania, Texas, or Utah. So if you don't live in one of those states, uh, give this a shot. I, I think it's something that's worth checking out. Mm-hmm. Um, I like Red Ales. I like Hellboy. Why not? Yeah, and it makes sense, Red Ale. I was kind of also half expecting you to be like it's part of their Voodoo series, and it's a maple syrup pancake-flavored beer. That's oh. kind of what I was hoping when I saw that they were teaming up, because that makes sense, because he loves the pancakes. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is a red ale that's being brewed with chocolate malts. Hmm. So might might be kind of good. A little like depth, some spice on it. Yeah. Looking, looking forward to trying this. I think this is definitely one that uh, we should bring to the table. Definitely. Uh, it'll be available uh, February 23rd, so you can pre-order it right now or uh, go online and buy it tomorrow. by the time this is posted. Yep. Guess what I'm pre-ordering right now on the show. What is it? <laughs> uh, The beer. The I will do disgusting. it as well, man. So, uh, you know, that's interesting. You know, you can pre-order things. And much like uh, Lucifer got pre-ordered or by a uh, by Fox, uh, it looks like Settlers of Catan's film and TV rights were sold. And uh, producer Gail Katz uh, from The Perfect Storm and Air Force One fame is looking to bring this to a screen, not computer, or not the, yeah, screen near you. 
Uh, so he's very excited to explore uh, Catan with its, I'm quoting here, visual, exciting, and timeless world of classic with classic themes and moral challenges that resonate today. Uh, I don't really get all that narrative from the uh, game, board game Settlers of Catan. I do enjoy the game. It's um, one of those games where you just, when you're getting into designer board games or Euro games, uh, you kind of have to play. It's one of those stepping stone ones. And then uh, it opens up your eyes to the world of, hey, not all board games are Monopoly. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, there's this game. And then you're like, there's a lot of other even better games than Settlers of Catan out there. Well, now I'm just excited for this because I know it's from the person that brought us Air Force One. So I'm just hoping at some point someone says, get off my planes. Ah, nice. Because it's a, it's a farming simulator game. You know, it's building a civilization on a mystical island of Catan. So it's, you know, not quite just farming. I've never played it. I don't. I'll it's do a good it. game. I really, I enjoy the game. And if you buy the expansion, there's also Seafarers. I have it. Uh, you can get, you know, if you just want to play two players, you can play Rivals. There's pirates and traders, right? Yeah, there's uh, tons of them. There's Catan Jr. So, you know, there's a lot to do. You know, there, they could be a television series of it, just with all the expansions that have come out since the... Catan came out, what, in the early 90s, right? 95, maybe? I, I do not know the history of the game. Oh, okay. Um, But, yeah, I just, you know, sometimes these board games making turning into movies, it's... This is an odd, this is a stupid it's, one. Yeah. Well, we thought the same thing no, about Battleship, and look at how successful yeah, Battleship was. Yeah, everyone else was. agreed with us. It was stupid. Uh, it's stupid. Play. Yes. Yes, it is. I don't know. I, I thought it would have worked as a TV show. That's, that's the guy that's, like, mm-hmm. signed the check to do this. Yeah. Alright, well, you know. Do, there's do we have more, do you have anything else? Cause I have one more that I forgot. Go yeah, right ahead. Go for it. Um, we have a new third highest grossing animated movie from Disney. Third. I don't know if you guys saw this. Nope. Uh, Big Hero 6 has now joined the ranks of The Lion King and Frozen as one of Disney's top earners. It unseated, uh, Beauty and the Beast. Wow. Last week. And Beauty and the Beast had, like, how many different re-releases, right? Yeah. Because even when it was released, the first year it was out, <clears throat> It, it came out during the summer, early summer, and then it was re-released in theaters before in, in Christmas time, wasn't it? Yeah, and then they uh, just did it again recently. Yeah, with 3D. the 3D. So yeah, uh, this is actually something that's coming out on DVD Tuesday, and I'm really looking forward to getting it so I can uh, see it again. I, I really dug this movie. I'm really I, glad that it's done well because I <laughs> I want to see more. I really enjoyed it, so I can't wait to see more of this film. And they haven't talked about a sequel or anything else. They're definitely not capitalizing on this like they did Frozen, which is kind of a surprise now that it's like right behind it in the earnings. Right. Because that movie is huge. Huge. But in a recent interview, the uh, directors have said, you know what, if the story's there and we can make it work, like we would love to do another one. Mm. So get on that. And Paul, get on... Seeing it when it's available on DVD, because I think you'll dig it. Yeah, it's a superhero I, movie with heart. 
Yeah, with a lot of heart. Uh, so much different. And I heard it's a lot different than the actual comic slash magna manga that came out. You know. Yeah, it's basically the same thing in name and characters, but that's it. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But what's not it is the beer we're drinking. We're drinking. Uh, let's, I'm not ready. Well, John and I are. If that's okay. Because we got four. How many did you have again, Chris? I have three. Okay, so we'll do our, we'll do one here, and then we'll be uh, in sync. All right, that uh, sounds good. I'll be as long as I get to be. Uh, yeah, I'll be Joey Spatone. Yeah. Uh, we're drinking Wild he- Wild Haven it's Invocation, and uh, <laughs> this is a Belgian style golden ale. Uh, it does have a nice little sweetness, a little bit of that uh, Belgian yeast spice flavor uh but again a very nice light drinkable beer you know and this is only hopefully oh it's 8.5 so not only this is a this is a larger beer for belgian i think so uh yeah it's did not know it's it was that uh, heavy set to be more like a trappist ale it says in the bottle hmm. um very smooth nothing over the top about hmm. this but good drinkable you know it's I think because it's not like bottled condition, you don't have that all that extra stuff going on in the bottle. You're not getting like that overpowering of some flavors that you can have. Uh, but definitely very, very good, very drinkable. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm really enjoying this. This has got a nice drying effect on the aftertaste. So I keep on going back for sip after sip. But uh, 8.5 is really surprising me because it's it doesn't it does have not, a burn yeah. or any kind of. Real alcohol, other than maybe the dry ink, you know, on the back end. But nice pop of that Belgian-y flavor. Oh man, you talking about this is making me get up and open my next beer. That's okay. You you do that, and uh, we'll get right into our next uh, topic, which is uh, the list. And John, uh, you you pull up the book that you're looking forward to, or no? I'm still ordering that beer. Oh, I'm sorry. <clears throat> no, that's fine because uh, for some reason it's not accepting my email address, even though Ooh. it's my email address. Well, I mean, you could always use your other emails, yeah. email address, John at BagBoardcast.com, where listeners should not write to me because I do not read those. Uh, Chris checks it out for me, so just just uh, email all my emails to Chris at Chris at BagBoard. You can email me. Bye. Nobody wants to email you. Nobody does. It's Paul at BagnumBoardcast.com or just, you know, our combined one, which is contact at BagnumBoardcast.com. And if this is too hard to remember, uh, maybe in the near future we'll change up the email soon. No. Well, because we're not on that, you know, hosting platform anymore. So I'm paying, we're paying for things that we're not using. That's, that's for talk after the show though. Talk for the show is stuff that we want to pay for. It's my pick for the list, and I'm going to put this out there so nobody else can do that. And that is going to be Spider Gwen number one from Marvel oh, Comics. Oh, that's my pick. Uh, because I enjoyed from um, what is it? What was it? The Edge of the Spider Verse. Yep. Um, the Spider Gwen stuff. I thought it was fantastic. I enjoyed every single moment of it. I said then that I wanted a series. And I'm getting it. Yes, you did say that. And that is from Jason Latour and Javier Rodriguez. 
Ooh, I rolled those a R's. Little, uh, roll on that R there. Yeah, I'm proud of you. Thank you. I'm no longer mad at you for uh, snaking my pick here. <laughs> I knew that it was going to be a pick. There's not really a lot of anything else coming out noteworthy. Actually, uh, I when I pulled up my uh, pull list from Comicsology, I was like, wow, I have like a pretty decent week coming up. There was actually some stuff that I was uh, looking I ha- forward to. I have a couple books, but it's all stuff that I've mentioned on here so i wanted to get something new and uh i figured that somebody else would want this book as well i'm going to go with a number one Ooh, and it's uh john who is the breakout character from jason aaron's thor run uh thor uh which one (laughs) (laughs) old man thor old king thor oh is he gonna have an annual uh, Thor annual number one, and it's coming, and we're going to get another uh, Old King Thor story, and it's all about the Girls of Thunder's quest to find the perfect birthday present for their grandfather, King Thor. So it's really, it's not really that much yeah, about it's, him. Yeah, it's going to have it's him in it. Oh, he's in it. That's all I care he's about, in it, John. He's, he's in it to win it. And uh, yeah, there's going to be uh, three or four different stories here, so, you know, it's it's an annual, but it's feeling like an anthology, so mm. I am in. It's going to cost me probably an arm and a leg. Probably uh, five to seven ninety nine with Marvel. Yeah, uh, I just noticed that uh, we're getting Chris Vader. got it. We're getting uh, thank you, King Thor. Oh, Chris got it. Bruce pointing out the fact that I got it, but it still is going to cost you a lot of money. <laughs> it will. Uh, I just saw that Vader number two is coming out, which I was like, didn't that just come out last week? It's probably double shipping. Oh yeah, well yeah, it's Marvel. Yeah, it's Marvel. Uh, no, also, it came out a little while ago. I think it came out Good. the beginning of this month. It, probably like the first two, week. Two weeks ago, if yeah. that. Yeah. But uh, we're also going to get uh, the guy that writes Chew. John, you, you enjoyed Chew. I read one issue. Oh, I thought you enjoyed it. He's going to be uh, having young Thor do a drinking game in order to impress Mjolnir. Mmm. A go. boy in his hammer. Noel Stevenson from Lumberjanes is uh, going to give us a tale of the all-new girl Thor. Lady Thor. So not only is this an annual, it's an anthology, Paul. Exactly. This is so up your alley. And it's going to cost me more money than a normal issue. Oh. Chris. Paul. Be I, was ha- I was half listening because I was trying to pull up the uh, notes for my ah, book that I pick. have to pick. Uh, what, what book were you looking forward to? Uh, Thor annual number one. Okay, I see you to type it into the show notes. Oh, okay. Type it in. Which away. people can check out over at beggingboard.com. Look at you're so sly with all these little plugs here and there and everywhere. I'm, tr- I'm like, trying to get all of my stuff. Like, Amazon! Boom! Right here. Click on our link hey, on the website. It's the things we do anyway, so I might as well try to tie it in. Email! I, show email. notes! Show notes! Uh, I'm on top of my game today. And someone else who's probably on top of their game is Jeff Parker, who's been writing Aquaman for a while now. And I'm actually going to be picking up Aquaman number 39 from him and artist Paul Pelletier. Um, because Aquaman's mother is alive and she wants him dead. Welcome to the family reunion from hell. That's the official, official solicitation for it. Um, Aquaman's one of those characters that I'm always on the fence about. And I was like, I really like Aquaman. I'm going to, I'm going to get on board with this. I have an Aquaman bathroom, for Christ's sake. And after seeing this picture of uh, Jason Momoa, I'm definitely in an Aquaman mood. Hmm. And Aquaman's mother looks like a complete badass. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a book I want to read. Actually, Aquaman calls all fences dams. Oh. 
Uh, no, I mean, the Aquaman series with Jeff Johns, like, I was just saving up issues to read them in bulk, so I was like, oh, I just need to, I'll just start buying these in trades, and then uh, the trades weren't coming out as fast as I wanted, and then just totally dropped off the yeah, Aquaman, actually, but like, I, I, I bought the first trade to help make my Aquaman bathroom, because I have some framed, like, panels and pages hanging up. And of course, I reread it before, like dismembering the book. And I was like, "Man, like this is this is fun. Like it's something that I kind of want to get a little bit more depth into." Uh, so I might pick up the rest of those on Comicsology if they go on sale or anything. Yeah, maybe when these movies come out, they'll uh, they'll put them up put them up on sale. Do it. You won't do it. Do it. Do it. But we're going to be waiting for Paul to finish this beer so we can get into our next beer. Uh, but how about before we do that, maybe there's a dramatic reading coming up? And now, dramatic reading from Supergirl number 39, page 11, panel 2. Huh? Don't worry. The quantum trans space portal won't damage anything. That was a dramatic reading from Supergirl, number 39, page 11, panel 2. What everyone missed was Paul, like, <laughs> loosening up his Adam's apple. He's he, he took a sip of beer, he gurgled it, and he's getting ready. And then uh, Supergirl just still sounds super butch. Like, he didn't do a girl voice at all. <laughs> You know what? I was loosening up for that. He did a more like more feminine voice for the dude in the wheelchair. (laughs) That was the dude. Yeah, that he did for Supergirl. I I thought that was a girl. It's all part of the dramatic reading, baby. So bad. All part of the dramatic reading, baby. I was doing all that really for uh, John's benefit, and you switched glasses. Oh, I I didn't think it mattered. It doesn't. I already gave but you the stomach flu. Yeah, you did. But uh, I, you know, I was really doing all that because for John's benefit, it wasn't really. I appreciate when no. people do that because I think things are funny. I try to be funny every once in a while. And informative. And informative. Uh, Just like the Bang Boardcast. Exactly. Available every week <laughs> at bangboard.com or download it directly to your iTunes. For Make my... sure you rate and review us. Stitcher, SoundCloud, all of them websites. Zoom Marketplace. All of them websites. <laughs> We're still on the Zoom. Uh, actually, don't <laughs> nobody, know. nobody has the Zoom, and the Marketplace is dead, but you can still get us. <laughs> From uh, uh, Xbox, thing there. Uh, Microsoft Music Manager. I don't know. Uh, Chris, we've reviewed two beers. Why don't you do your second? All right. Uh, can you vamp a little bit longer? Because I just took my first sip of it, and I want to go back again just to... Yeah, it's yeah. okay. Um, yeah, we're all going to vamp. You know what? Vamp, vamp. Uh, I was talking to Kate about this and talking about music players. I don't like Pandora, iHeartRadio, all of those. Like, oh, You don't like music, Paul. That's probably, that's probably why. why. You know why? <laughs> because I want to plug in one artist and just listen to their whole discography. And they that's give why you me need the Spotify. They give me the weirdest stuff. Yeah, but I got to pay for Spotify. And there you go. So if so, I'm going to pay for music that I want to listen to, I'll just buy the album. See, I enjoy Pandora. Yeah, I like I, Pandora, too. And, only but time... The, here's the thing, Paul. With Spotify, I don't know what you pay every month. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can basically listen to whatever you want. So if you want to listen to 
like the whole discography of Taylor Swift. Of Taylor Swift. That's all I do. You can. <laughs> you don't have to buy all of those CDs. Yeah, but you know, she's only got like five CDs, so it's not that big of a deal. Yeah, but even if you buy those five CDs on iTunes, like that's you know that what happens. Like Fifty dollars, and that's five months of Spotify, probably. But you know what happens with my, my, me and subscriptions? It's the World of Warcraft problem where I have the subscription; it keeps on coming out of my bank account, and I totally forget. And it's three years, and I haven't played it. Well, that's that's your own fault. It is my and own fault. The yeah, thing and is, I'm is, saying I need to avoid that yeah, subscription. And yeah, so just suck it up and just listen to Pandora for free. Yeah. I only do, just, I do it near Christmas to play Christmassy music. And that's right. the time I do it. And you know what happens when I'm like, oh, I want to listen to, uh, you know, some Radiohead. I play one song of Radiohead, and guess what pops on the very next? A Christmas song. Because that's what I, you know, that's what I've listened to before. So it just keeps See, on playing I don't have that music. problem with, with Pandora. It usually stays with whatever kind of genre that music that you're listening to because i listen to a lot of ska and punk punk music mm-hmm. and then i listen to easy kind of you know mellower sounds like ben folds mm-hmm. um uh what the lumineers stuff like that and they all stay i even have a paul simon like thing i have a uh um kristen thomas is really good if you like uh you know mellow kind of I, I have music. a president's united states of america one because i love some of those off the wall '90s music. None of those bleed into each other. Oh, well, I have that at problem. all, and I was just looking to vamp for two seconds while Chris drank his beer. I know, but then yeah. your vamping was all of us getting on your case about it. <laughs> I know. Is that it's what it's always okay. is. Like, right after John was like vamp, 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 I was good to go, but you know we had a conversation then, and I didn't want to interrupt. The hell. <laughs> Which, John, that was excellent vamping. Thank you. The, I, well, the first one was. I mean, the second two times you said vamp, a little lacking. I didn't mm, believe well, it Well, you know, the first vamp I meant. The other ones, I was just waiting for you to finish that second sip. Ah, uh, well, thank you. Here. Here, uh, let me pull out my case so you guys can get on it. You know, that's, that's all I've ever had. Well, you didn't have to pull show. it out. We're on it, like, 24-7. The uh, moments we're not on your case, then, you, you know, you're like, wow, what happened? And then, and then he just gets worse. <laughs> then he listens uh, to Pandora and gets mad. <laughs> My next beer is actually from Brewery Omegang in Cooperstown, New York. Mm. Hey, we went there and I almost died. <laughs> um, this is all true. You were dehydrated. Yeah, it was It was not fun. Uh, but I won't be dehydrated now that I'm drinking this one. And this is part of their Game of Thrones line. This is the Valar Magulis, which is the double ale. Mm. Um, I... Never had any of these other ones because I thought I shouldn't drink them until I catch up on the show. And now that I'm done with it, I feel confident in going out and buying the beers. Well, you don't want the beer giving you a spoiler on the show. (laughs) You you don't. Oh, man, I totally taste that so-and-so died in this beer. Mm, This this tastes like a red wedding. (laughs) Uh, I'm kind of sad that I'm... You know, waited so long to check these out, but that was just like one of those me rules. It's something that I did for myself. But you never bought the bottle to hold on to to drink when it was ready, like no, when just, you were ready. I was ready. It's when I. It plays by my rules. Ah, but this is really nice. Is it more than just a? Because I had I bought the I think the first one that came out that was Game of Thrones themed, and I'm like, oh, 
it's exactly what I would expect from Oma Gang. It's got that Belgian flavor, and there was, I think it was like a red or something like that. I don't even remember. Yeah, they, they put out a and couple of them. I wasn't that impressed by it, and I'm like, I don't need to buy another one. It wasn't Art of Darkness, which is I still think is one of my favorite from Oma Gang. Uh, it's, it's it wasn't definitely different. a little bit of a step up. Okay. Um, it's definitely a Belgian. I mean, that's all they really do. But it's got like those tight bubbles. It's got that same kind of uh, like spice profile that you're used to from the stuff that they brew. Mm-hmm. But then it has like a nice little bit of sweetness on it. Okay. So that's that's its defining quality. It's that's, that's what's defining quality. Apartment. It's on the road to being the uh, the three philosophers, but with like a little bit more of a depth to it. Does it have the same burn as three philosophers? Because no, that's a big big boy. Th- this is not this what eight percent? What's three philosophers? Ten point five. Okay, yeah, I knew it was like nine at least. Um, no, there's not a lot of burn on this at all, but it's getting to that same like flavor. Mm-hmm. But it's it's really good. Um I, I do enjoy Three Philosophers. It's got that crushed I've, cherry. I've flavor. never been a fan. Ugh. I just hate that dragon breath that it has, but man, that red yeah. color and that cherry flavor. I, like I that and dra- um, if I'm playing Dragon Age, I'm drinking Three Philosophers because <laughs> it is a harsh beer and that Well, I I would say if you can like fine this summer, mm-hmm. it's worth picking up. Okay. Um, it's definitely not as big as Three Philosophers, but it does have a nice sweetness on it. It's like the same kind of like amber red. Ooh. I, I think this is a good lead up to Three Philosophers. This is something you could probably sit and drink the full bomber of and remember what choices you made the next day when you're playing Dragon Age. I'm just gesturing at you with the bottle, Paul. Uh, you should pick this up for uh, your birthday game day. Yeah, be fun. Like I, it's it wasn't too expensive either. I think this was maybe like ten bucks for the bottle. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's well, that's within the range of. It's within the range. It's a little bit pricier because it is the licensing. Yeah, but yeah, I would always definitely. pick. I would always pick up uh, the bombers of uh, Oh My Gang because what they charge for a four pack is just. Re- Ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, like way too much. Mm. I, I will say, like other Omegang beers, this isn't something that I would just be like, oh, you know what I could go for right now? Let me go grab it. Mm-hmm. It's something that I'm buying because it's an occasion. It's, you know, an, another episode of the Megan Broadcast. Give me something good to drink and talk about. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Not just another episode, Chris. <laughs> this is 250. <laughs> this is 250. We pulled out all the no, Here's the thing. No Every stops. episode... We pulled out all the yields. Uh, Every episode is us going big. And in, yeah. and in doing so, we've gone big with a brown ale. And this is in an imperial brown ale. 8.2%, Paul. This is good. This is very good. This is Ode to Mercy, another beer from Wild Haven. And uh, another beer brought to us by the lovely Caitlin. This has a really nice toasted, roasted oh, yeah. flavor to it. It it's, is. It's it. Again, I'm going to say a nicer rounded flavor because I, I taste it. It has a nice upfront taste. I, mid-palate, there's stuff there. That roasted comes in, and then the aftertaste, it just stays with you. This is a brown ale that is a like smoky a hair away from being a porter. Yeah. Uh, it, but I think the only reason they call this a brown ale and not a porter is because it's such a light brown. Mm-hmm. 
Um, it's just really delicious. Mm-hmm. To- like those toasted nut kind of flavor right on your tongue, just dancing. Yeah. After you f- swallow, it's still just sitting there. It's not overly smoky, so that's, I think, what keeps it from being, like, a porter, but it has that, that roasted is yeah. just on the verge mm. of being called a smoke. It is, it is really good. It is. So and good. another 8.2 that you mm-hmm. wouldn't even know. No. And it, it stinks that we just had the one bottle to split between us, cause I would like to sip on this all night. Mm-hmm. And we'll, we can always use another glass and, you know, do with our review on the next, you know, Take the next one and then leave this for later. Yeah, this that's very true. We have plenty of glasses and plenty of empty beer bottles <laughs> sitting on the table next to me. Uh, but why don't we get into our main topic? Uh, this is a John baby. Uh, and there's a new team uh, being cast in the comic books, a new one for the movies. And the team that was that we're getting is um in the comic books is Parasite, Reverse Flash, Black Hand. It's just a weird mix. Wait, Black Hand or Black Ma- Manta? Black Hand. Huh. It's a weird combination of characters. I think Poison Ivy's on there. Um and I was just like, you know, it's a new team, but I'm still not 100% about picking this book up. What characters would make me want to do this or if i was creating a team who would i want on these and um that's where we're starting from um paul wanted to do eight characters well i said i had eight <laughs> i had a roster of eight just to let you know where i was at so was, that way i said well, maybe five uh-huh. why don't we split it why don't we say six six characters okay well because okay, you know what suicide what is suicide squad let's start off there Suicide Squad is a government program where they take uh, our supervillains that have been caught and are in jail and give them a chance for some reprieve by doing crazy missions that are suicide missions. Uh, I think this was a great way back in the day for them to be like, how does the Joker keep getting out? How does the Penguin keep getting out? Well, they did a mission over here in the Suicide Squad. So they got out of jail earlier. Um, it's had very many different incarnations. Um, a lot of times with the same characters staying on this team, Deadshot was uh, a staple, Bronze Tiger, lots of these kind of second-tier characters. Um, and now we're kind of giving... I wouldn't say we're even giving them like... This one, you're giving them kind of bigger bigger names but still second tier characters and the thing i always liked about it too is it's kind of a here's this character that you don't normally see and you know what's deadshot up to when he's not appearing in batman for that one issue where he has to try to kill somebody mm-hmm. and it's kind of like that forgotten character spectrum because it's like hey here's this person like oh i i forgot about that character but they're always cool when you see them and it gives you them every month for at least a couple months while the series kind of comes and goes. Because I have to say, I didn't like the the current incarnation of Suicide Squad. I read the first issue for the, uh, the Begging Board New 52 Spectacular, whatever we called mm-hmm. it, where we read, like, all of the New 52. Yep. Uh, but I, I like the idea of the book, especially after watching Arrow and just how 
how they use the tea because I think it was done better in the TV show than uh, than we've seen in the comic books. In the comic. So I, I'm kind of glad you brought this to the table because it got me thinking about, well, what team would I want to put on it? I always uh, like have to keep on doing a mental exercise of separating it from Secret Six. Yeah. But because Secret Six basically was Suicide Squad, but just not with like that government programming, right. Amanda Waller. But Suicide Suicide Squad seems like a meta solution to comic book continuity problems, which is, well, how do these guys keep on getting out of prison? Talked about it. Yeah. When you're it, in the bathroom. I know, no, but I know that, <laughs> and I'm bringing that back, and it's this is what it is, and. Why? Who are these characters again? It's like a second. Ch- it's not only a second chance for these characters to get out of prison and do some redemption for being villains, but it's also the meta meta problem of these characters have fallen out of favor, and let's give them one more shot here in this book to see if the writer can do anything cool with this character, and if not, we can kill them off and make them the day. Which I. Which is the, I think, the go-to reason to have Suicide Squad. If you're not killing off junk characters in Suicide Squad... You're not doing your job. You're not doing it right. You're not doing Suicide Squad. You're doing Secret Six. See how I worked that? I see. Got it. All right. And uh, We talked about it while I was in the bathroom. Talked about it when you were in the bathroom. Hey, Paul. Hey, John. Let's start it out. All right. It's your baby. You start. I was going to say, it's a John baby. It's John baby. But John's picking Paul... To go first. Well, uh, see, if I'm limiting it down to five, I want to make my five. We said six. Okay, six. Uh, there's yeah. no way right now I can take Harley Quinn off the team. Because it's her book right now. No, Harley, the Harley Quinn book is Harley Quinn's book. No, no, book. Har- that is a different book completely. That's a comedy book and like that's for that niche. Whereas Harley Quinn and Suicide Squad's a lot different. Yeah, but, uh, Okay. I think. All right. I, hey, you want her on the? You want her on your team? You put her I on think, your team. I think it gets people to read that book. I think the Harley Quinn fan crossover for Suicide Squad. I think that's where uh, you can do a lot of interesting things with her, and it brings readers in. So Harley Quinn has to be on the book. I would put her not in such a scantily clad costume. I'd give her, you know, more modest wear. But, uh, I'd give her yeah. sleeves. Pretty much. Hey. I'd put Wonder Woman in pants also. I don't care. Yeah, but I didn't mind the pants. People seem to hate it, though. I know. I didn't mind the pants either. Yeah. Silly. Silly. I mind the weird, like, whatever, not corset, but almost corset thing. Harley, it's just silly. All right. But Harley Quinn, I think it brings in readers. And I think uh, right now you can't take her off the team. I think Suicide Squad is Harley Quinn's book. All right. Chris? You sure you don't want to go? Yeah. It's John, baby. Okay. John's choosing to go last. <laughs> John, John's choosing to go last. John's speaking to the third person. Um, my pick is actually a Green Lantern villain who hasn't been seen since, uh, I want to say like the one year later jump. Uh, in, what was it? Infinite Crisis now. Wow. That was a long time ago. Uh, and this is Effigy. FG is a character that first appeared in the Kyle Rayner issue Supreme Lantern. And he has similar powers where he can make flame-based constructs. And he 
he's basically been forgotten by everybody except for me because that's like my Green Lantern Golden Era. And he's just kind of a character that I want to bring back because he's such a schlub villain mm-hmm. that just doesn't matter now when you have like every different alien out there having a different colored ring. And he was originally like a pawn of the controllers who have since like gone on to trying to control like the orange ring. So I just want to see what happens to this guy that got used first. Yeah. He and was then just like thrown away. He was always kind of a cool character. I always, yeah. I always liked him. Yeah. He had like the flame head, like firestorm. Yeah. All red body, white clown face. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Villain. Not great, definitely not like your Sinestro or I'd say even like a Black Hand type, but man, you, you can have some fun with him, because this is the character that would probably wind up dying. <laughs> to, to be honest, like when Paul was saying like, hey, you know what, if you just need to kill somebody off, there you go. Because he hasn't been in a book in like 10 years. No. Uh and I'm I'm going to start mine with putting a leader of this team, the guy that's going to be captaining the ship. And I'm going to go with Captain Cold. Oh! oh! I was thinking I definitely have another captain on my list, a captain that's always been on, and you mentioned him well, uh, before, and that's Captain Boomerang. But Captain Cold, why Captain, captain Cold? Cold? Because he's already re- leading the rogues? He's in the rogues, but how often do the rogues show up? How often do I get a rogues book? I was quite a I, bit. I, Forever I, Evil crossover. You had a rogues book, Infinite Crisis. Every time there's any kind of big event over at DC, there's a you got to do something book. with the rogues. But it, it's not as often as I want, and it's not always done as great as I want. But I want buy Jeff Johns a Slurpee and he'll write <laughs> you the damn book. But Captain Cold, I think, would be a cool, uh-huh. mm, uh, a cool member of this team. But he is somebody who I I really like. He's a good villain, and he's somebody that could take charge of this team that is gonna be, yeah, going on the suicide mission. See, yeah, with, okay, I, go ahead, go ahead, Paul. I was gonna say Captain Cold, especially when he runs the Rogues, he has his own set of rules. And with Suicide Squad, it's a team that has to break the rules because if they fail, they're all dead. So with Captain Cold, I'm like, okay, I like Captain Cold when he has that moral compass where he's like, we can't do this, 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 and this. Like, we're rogues, we're thieves, that's what we are. We don't kill people. We don't get away with murder. Whereas Suicide Squad, well, every once in a while, they're going to have to kill an innocent or two in order to make sure that there has to be collateral damage. And I think Captain Cold, if he were to take off limitations, he's not as interesting. But I think because I like Len Stark having a moral compass. Mm, yeah, and I think he still had he still have that to a sense. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. And John, uh, right after you stated your pick, I actually sent a picture to you guys about my list because he was my next pick <laughs> for pretty much the exact same reasons. Uh I um, <laughs> thank you. So I was about agreed. I was about to mention go like uh Chris I think you accidentally sent me your list. No, because he's he was my number 2 pick and it's because I vision him as being something of the leader who would probably come to 
blows with the person that would ideally be the leader of this team. But since he is in that leadership role of the rogues so much, I, I see a little bit of a like power struggle going on. No. And he does play by those rules, and he needs those rules set. And if you don't stick to them, well, there's going to be consequences and the repercussions for it. Mm-hmm. And I just think he works great in a team dynamic. He's that character that you want to see alongside other characters, especially villains, just to see how they're going to interact. And I think he's somebody that could not that could go toe to toe with Amanda Waller and be like, no, nobody has to, get, you know, nobody has to get killed. Like we can do this without that. If we work it just right, we can do this. Or the fact that she does something totally against his honor, or just you know you know, murdering and just conniving and all that. Mm-hmm. I think he's a character that would really get pissed off and be able to verbally, you know, spar with her with that, right. over that. Uh, yeah. Okay. You guys have sold me. I think it could, it would lead to very interesting story dynamics and team dynamics. If Captain Cold was on the, on the team, I just like, I'd rather see him in the rooks leading the rooks. Yeah. But again, like, I, he's got he's got to get out of prison somehow to yeah, that's team true. back up with the rogues. In the last in the last what three to four years, I've stopped reading Flash. Mm-hmm. We didn't read Villains United. We didn't read like or no, or we didn't read Forever, Forever Evil. Evil. So mm-hmm. I haven't I don't have you my, haven't gotten your Captain. You haven't, haven't got your no. Snark fix. And you know what I I I I'm recently moving, so I just packed up all my trades and I pulled one of my like my Rogues Revenge trade out and I was like. I need to reread this. I need to, mm-hmm. and I've just moved all my comics, so I'm pulling out all my old Flash books too because I want to reread those with the the, the rogues. Oh. Um, so Chris is is Captain Cold your number two pick? Captain Cold would be my number two. Do you um, have Do you have something to go instead, or do you just want to use him as your two? I also have another crossover with Chris, by the way. Oh. But we'll get to it uh, later. Yeah, I I, I saw say, that like, and I totally. I totally didn't look because I thought, like, ooh, ooh, did he send that by accident? No, no, because I have eight, so I'm going to let him pick it, and I'm going to choose somebody else. Okay. No, I, I just sent that just as proof of, like, no, he's <laughs> he's my pick. Like, he's No, I'm list. glad you did because that ma- makes it easier for me to but that, limit yeah, my list down. Honestly, we, we don't consult each other before we do this mm-hmm. stuff. Like, it's all just... Well, because that would be prep work, and we don't do that. <laughs> I always feel like, too, kind of Paul keeps trying to read my list. Sometimes things get stolen. Yeah, I, I do but try are to we, are we doing this round robin style? Is it yeah, John's so it's again? John's pick again. Well, it would be Chris. Red Ro- oh, no, it's Snake. I, it's Snake. I almost said Red Robin's a thing. Round Robin's a thing because of Paul. It's a snake draft. So. All right. Wait, you what? go again. It's Snake. Don't, you you snake can't just it. throw new stuff at us like this, Paul. It's always Okay, John, go ahead. Pick. We need some brains to the team. But I also want somebody who is going to fight Captain Cold about who is leading this team and who's smarter than who. And I'm going to put the Riddler. Oh, oh I was afraid for a second. Hmm. Uh, he's a character that I've always enjoyed him on. I really like the Paul Dini stuff when he made him the detective agency, mm-hmm. and he's still a good he's not a bad guy anymore he's kind of gone the straight and narrow but he's still got all those ties mm-hmm. uh and i've really enjoyed him in uh scott snyder's <coughs> world that he's brought in the batman verse uh and i think this would be kind of a fun character who 
any decision that Captain Cold makes, he's going to naysay mm-hmm. and say, no, you know, we can do it better. You can't do it like that. We should do it like this. And then who's actually going to stand their ground and whose decision is going to be made? And most likely it's going to be Captain Cold's because he's going to tell the Riddler what to do. But then the whole time the Riddler is going to pout and be like, mm, we should have gone left. I told him we should have gone left. Great gunfire. I don't have a weapon. And then him do something outlandish. I I really wish when you were doing the whiny Riddler, you would have come up with riddles. Uh, I didn't plan that far ahead. Mm. And we've had a couple strong beers, and I haven't eaten much today. I I think the Riddler's a good pick. I think it's a fun pick. Um, and I'm going to go for a completely different reason than you, John, because I see him being the character that's going to be leaving clues behind so the team can be found out so he can make like a grand escape and like strike out on his own from here and this is how he he gets out like he finds a way out of the team by getting by getting caught by getting by getting the rest of the team caught so he can Live to puzzle and he's a, he's, oh a foi- he's a foil to the team. I would love that you wrote the Riddler like he was, like so, like he has figured out exactly prison life. Like he's solved that whole puzzle of how to survive in prison, and now he's he needs to be in prison. Like he can run things from prison. He can do all the Riddler stuff. You know, he has his moles out there, his agents out there. To, to cause havoc in Gotham, and he just has set himself up perfectly in Arkham, where he just, as soon as he's out, he needs, the reason he's leaving puzzles and riddles and everything... Is to get back in. Is to get back in. That would... I, I, oh my See? Goodness, See? That would be cool. Good idea! <laughs> Everybody's idea is good. It all works together. We'll blend them together for this book. <laughs> really like it. Thank you. Chris, you're number two. Um, well, my number two is Captain Cold, which I kind of talked about a little bit. So I, I don't feel the need to okay. yeah, no, I, I, expunge yeah. anymore. But Well, like I said, my number two, uh, I have to have characters that can just be killed off. Otherwise, like, what are you doing? And uh, my favorite character to kill off is Solomon Grundy. Uh, I love the take that Brad Meltzer did in uh, the uh, Tornado's Path. Run of Justice where League of America, smart. Yeah, he's where, like the smarter. Where Grundy, every time he dies, a different personality comes back. You know, and it's it could be a really smart Grundy, or it could be a lumbering, uh, uh, idiot Grundy. But the thing is, this the Suicide Squad needs the muscle, and yeah, they I, need I, somebody expendable. And every time that they kill off Grundy, guess what? We can find Grundy again. And put him right back on yeah. the team. Just wait a week. There he is. Yep. There he is. I, I He's do sick. like during that uh, Justice League run too, where I I can't remember who was like saying it. I don't, it was like Green Arrow or someone. I was like, I was always afraid that we would get the smart Grundy one day, and mm-hmm. it's happened. It would probably be Red Arrow. Okay. Because oh yeah, uh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, because it was right was on at that time. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the thing. I I kind of like that. You know, having that wild he. Everybody needs to kind of have a wild card element to them. So what if it is a smart Grundy playing stupid until the turn? You know, 
yeah. until that twist ending where you, well, no, he was playing everybody at until the end here. Or, you know, he can be this South Park Kenny-style character where they keep, he keeps on dying, but you, you, you bring him back because he's he is expendable. He is the most expendable character in the DC universe just because that's who he is. That is who he is. He's born on a Monday, died on a Sunday. Uh, yeah, uh, definitely a character that I was thinking about putting it on there for the exact same reason. Mm-hmm. You know, that could be the, oh no, I can't believe they killed Grundy, and then everybody's kinda knows that, well, he'll be back, he's Grundy. <laughs> right. So, oh, it would be my pick again. And. Is, is that how it works? Yeah. It would Wouldn't it? Wouldn't it be Chris's turn to pick well, first? Because Chris would never have a time to pick first. No, no, because what would happen is then it's you, and then it's Chris, and then it's Chris. Why do you get to go twice first? Can we just have Chris pick first? Okay, he can pick first. Let's have him pick first. <laughs> well, I, I I, don't mind, and just Paul knows how this works better. Because what we used to do for our round robins is, like, you started it, then Chris, then me, then Chris, then me, then you, then me, then you, then Chris. That's how we've okay. done it in the past. <laughs> So when you were like, oh, you start. If Paul says he goes next, I, tr- I trust Paul. It's okay. Because I, no, no. I go twice. It's in a John's row baby, so let's listen to John yeah. be a baby. Let's listen to John be a baby <laughs> and say how we've always done it on the show before. Why did we change it this we, time? We've never done because it this way. We've always before. done it this way. It makes no sense. We've done 250 of these episodes. I dare him to go back and find one <laughs> that we've done it the way that he's describing. We've always done a snake. If you are a super fan and you know how we always do it, <laughs> let everybody know because I don't think any of us remember. None of us know. Paul. None of us know. I don't trust Paul. Chris, go ahead with the. So area. am I going? Okay. Yeah. Um, much like Paul's pick, I decided my team needed a little bit of muscle, and when I say muscle, I need just big henchman style muscle. And I love what they did with this character in Batman Eternal recently, and I went with Killer Croc. Oh. Is a character who's predominantly known as a henchman. I see him just playing along with this team because it suits his needs. This is going to be his way of getting out that he probably wouldn't get out on his own. Not that he's a like dumb character or anything, but he he just needs to be led a little bit more. And this would be his way, way back out and about. And also, I was kind of going with a little bit of a theme with mine, where it's a villain for each, like, Justice League member. Uh, I kind of did the same. And uh, I was going to bring that up at the end, but uh, good. For the most part, mine is the same. Um, but if we're talking about muscle and expendability, uh, I went with Blockbuster. Yep. One of original, the... <laughs> original cast to die. Uh, one of the many versions of him. Uh, could be one of the older versions. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I went with the old Blockbuster. Uh, I really, the only time I really n- knew about him was from Nightwing, mm-hmm. uh, which he was a great kind of arch enemy for Nightwing in those. Well, that's again, like this Holman Grundy kind of character where Blockbuster originally was a really stupid character, but then suddenly in Nightwing, he was like a mob boss, you know, yeah. like he yeah. had plans. And that could be his plan, just showing up as the bruiser, maybe working again, working things under the radar. So Chris would go 
went now, John? <laughs> because now who goes first? Now who goes first? Yeah. Chris just went yeah, first? Yeah, he went first. Then it would be my turn to go first. Okay. Do we want to do our next beer before we get into oh, our Oh, wait, this round? is number three? Did I go three? I didn't go three We yet. We need to get... Yeah, you did. You did Harley Quinn. Mm-hmm. You did Solomon Grandi. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why oh. are you batting my ashes? <laughs> my then you go. You, this is your. Th- th- oh, this so. is your third right now. Okay. So you this, end this. So I end this. Okay. Because Chris and, started. Uh, Chris started. Then I went. Then we ended. So right. your turn. Uh, I need a creepy kind of sneaky character. Somebody to do espionage. Somebody to do a uh, little uh, reconnaissance. Somebody to you know be the stealth kind of character. And uh, I think of nobody, no villain better to do this than uh, Regdahl uh, from Starman, uh, Peter uh, Merkel Jr., which, well, the senior was in the Starman run that I loved, but uh, he was in Villains United, and he actually had a New 52 appearance in Batgirl number 31. Mm. Um, and somebody, this is a, somebody Peter, did their Wikipedia. Yep, Peter Merkel Jr., <laughs> exactly. That's how we do all research. <laughs> uh Appeared and he kind of uh, was hired to be an assassin and then got stopped by Batgirl and then like silver tongued his way out of the whole situation and then you know the turn is no he is actually a villain like at the very end of that so I think Suicide Squad is interesting when you have those characters that are on the cusp of good and evil and you can play that up and I think uh, a, a good team has to be well rounded with their with their attributes and strengths, and I think uh, Ragman adds that little bit of, like, he can get into anything. He can break in anywhere, so. Ragdoll. Yeah, I, I, I the think Ragdoll is an awesome character in, like, Villains United and Secret Six, uh, Secret Six afterwards. I don't want to play him up as as demented, but still a little crazy. Yeah. I, I kind of like... It's kind of weird. Yeah, the New 52 version where he's conniving and silver-tongued and can... Not only slip out of any constraint, but out of any situ- uh, situation just by sheer personality well, might be interesting. In the Villains United, it wasn't the junior. It is junior. Well, because there was like the father and son, and mm-hmm. then the one that had to put the ball joints into his joints that was on the team. With... He had to do surgery. Yeah. And that was junior. That was junior? He never yeah. lived up to seniors' you know, expectations. Because then he also had a brother that was... Sister. Was it a sister? Sister. I don't remember. They look because weird. Because in... Uh, I don't know. It's like yeah. almost 10 years of me thinking back to that. Because that was a villain that was in Secret Six when Gail Simone started that run. Was no, she, uh, definitely a solid... She was the one in the box. Yeah. Remember the box? Definitely a solid choice, I think. Mm-hmm. Definitely got that creep factor. I thought about putting him on my team. I, definitely Peter Merkel Jr., though. No, not Senior. I kind of like that he is trying to prove himself, not only to himself, but to get that father's, like, acceptance. Yeah. So, I kind of like that. Nice. Much like I like this beer. We do have a a really great beer here. This is one of the, quote-unquote, chocolate milks Mm -hmm. of beer. And uh, we've had this before on the podcast in Growler. Now they've begun to bottle... Uh, Chocolate Cherry Bomb from Ellicottville Brewing. This is a local brewery in our area. And this is an Imperial Stout, another 8.2% beer <coughs> that you don't get any of that alcohol on. It is, it literally 
is like drinking chocolate milk. All these beers that we drank are the ragdolls of beer. They'll just sneak (laughs) up on you and choke your brain until you forget what beer was coming next. Because I took a sip of this, and I'm like, oh my goodness, this is so good. What is it? (laughs) Yeah. What? Because I totally forgot this is what we picked for our Uh, last beer. I'm like, man... John, that girlfriend of yours, she's a keeper. She bought <laughs> us this beer. No, this is something John brought. This is something I, it was in my fridge and I grabbed it and we drank. Uh, what was really fun about this beer is I put it in my freezer to chill it down a little mm-hmm. bit after I bought it one time and, uh, left it in there a little too long. <laughs> when I went to pour it, mm-hmm. the head went like super high, but then like froze and was almost like, slushy kind of material okay. and it was absolutely amazing it was a chocolate cherry bomb good. slushy it was a frosty basically a frosty uh it was excellent i don't know if i could ever replicate what happened but it was am- it was amazing nonetheless begging broadcast does not endorse the use of freezer technology in order to super cool your beer because you might break the glass bottle yeah, that's why I'm always, like, iffy about doing it. Mm-hmm. And then I'm always like, oh, I better take it out of there. And it hasn't made a difference at all. No. Uh, this is really good. A delicious, a delicious, delicious beer. It's brewed with chocolate and cherries. It isn't like chocolate malts. It is, like, they throw stuff in the vat with well, it. It actually says it's brewed with chocolate malts. Oh, okay. Ooh, oh, face. Chocolate malt. Oregon. It's, it's, it's brewed with English hops, chocolate malt, Oregon sweet cherries, and love. And love. Okay. Well, that, this oh, they got gave a you really, secret ingredient. it's got Never do a that. really nice, my problem with, uh, we talked about this brewery before, Rogue has a chocolate beer, and that's Hershey syrup throughout, through and through. This has a nice chocolate flavor. I miss the chocolate. Because there's a Shakespeare stout. The Mocha Porter? No, not Mocha Porter. There's a chocolate. It's called, like, chocolate, and it's a something. And it's just Hershey, Hershey, Hershey syrup. Are you thinking of Southern Tier with their chocolate or no. their mocha? No. The creme brulee, which is all, like, nope. syrup? I'm I'm definitely thinking. You do not talk ill of creme brulee in my presence, sir. And that's all vanilla. But this has a nice, it's, it's right on the verge of being chocolate syrup. It is, yeah. But it's got... It's got enough of that stoutness to pull it through. Yeah, definitely. My my buddy Chris, what are you drinking, my friend? Well, I'm drinking a beer that's from Jolly Pumpkin Artisan Ales, and this is them teamed up with Upland Brewing Company uh, from Dexter, Michigan. And, uh, Paul, what's a persimmon? Mm, a persimmon is uh when you big up yourself, and it's... uh. It's like a polygraph mixed with a. I have no idea. I'm sorry. Okay. It's some kind it, of fruit. It's I thought you would have known about it. Nope. Um, I had another answer that you threw at me weird, weirdly at this episode, and I forgot that one. Well, it's okay, because I'm drinking persimmon ship, and this is a ale with fruit added, and this is a sour that's been aged in oak. Ooh. Um, oh, sour. Brewed with Indiana persimmons and Thailand dragon fruit. So I thought, like, okay, like, something a little bit sour, aged in oak, like, could be pretty decent. And I was not ready for how sour it was going to be when I took my first sip, and I think I actually winced a little bit, and I was like, ugh. Isn't that a mark of a good sour, though? (laughs) I I, I like a drinkable (laughs) sour, so after I went back to it, I, I... I was a little bit more prepared. You all right mm-hmm. there, John? Yeah, I swallowed some spit. 
<laughs> he had uh, sympathy sour pains. <clears throat> okay, I sympathy I sour. That. I went to speak and I had a little more. I guess I had more phlegm in my mouth than I thought, and I breathed it in. It was. It's a common problem I have. That's okay. We'll get you through this. Uh, persimmons. <clears throat> they're those fruits. They kind of look like tomatoes, but they're orange. Usually, seem like when you're at Wegmans, you'd see them sitting there, and no one would buy them. Nobody knows what Wegmans is. I'm telling Chris. Oh, I, I know. I it's don't care about the listeners. It's a supermarket. Okay, that's not true. Uh, but in there, they'd um, they kind of look like tomatoes. But yeah, they're known for being tart. Mm. Yeah, it, it's very tart. <coughs> oh, John's dying. It's okay. Episode two fifty. In remembrance of John, hmm. um, I I really wish there was more to this. It is a sour that tastes like a sour, and then you don't get anything else off oh. of it. Kind of kind of upset that this is a bigger bottle. I don't even know if I want to finish it. Well, how much are you through it? Like, how many, like, are you halfway through a pour or just, um, like, two I, sips into a pour? I, ha- I have a pint glass, so I poured myself, like, you know, your average pint. Mm-hmm. Like, I had enough room for head at the top, and then there was still some glass to sip from. Okay. Um, I'm probably halfway through what I've poured. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. Well, that's my answer right there. Because yeah, normally, it's... with a sour, I know... Like what I was saying, like, oh, man, that's what I want. I want to not be prepared for the sour because otherwise, like, I I don't feel like I'm drinking a sour. And then, like, halfway through my my pour, uh, that's when I start picking up everything else in it. Yeah, you you get used to it. You you start picking up the different things on your palate. So if you're already halfway through your pour and you're not picking up anything else, yeah, that's a mark of a bad sour. And I'm just thinking back to the... Like last actual sour that I had, I think, which was with the Dr. Lacto that we had when I came back to visit. Yeah, and that was and good. That was really good. And mm-hmm. this, I mean, it, it's a sour. But would not recommend. I, I, I would not recommend. I mean, maybe, you know, once I get through the rest of, like, this last half, I might change my mind a little bit. But mm-hmm. I, I took another sip when you were explaining what you were looking for, Paul. And I'm still just like, it's tart. Mm-hmm. And. I'm. I will say I'm getting a little bit more flavor off of it, but it's still just. It's not like a. Ooh, I'm. You know, I'm getting this. I'm getting like. Yeah. The sweetness of the dragon fruit and like, that little bit of oak on it. I'm not. I'm not getting anything like that. It's just. Ooh, it's tart. And okay, it's it's subduing now, and I have taste. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if that's just like the residue or what. And that's a shame because we all. We all enjoy our sours. Yeah. Is it said that I only know the flavor of dragon thru- fruit through uh, like soapy water? Yeah. Okay. Because I've I don't think I've ever had a dragon yeah, I fruit. Think I think I'm in the same boat though. Okay. Yeah, I think most people are. I don't. I don't think you can. Then just... why did he say it said that? Because no, I feel the same. <laughs> way to go, judgmental John. No, because I feel the same way, and I was gonna say, I I feel the same way because even if you saw a dragon fruit, I don't think you can just like cut it open and eat it like an apple or like a kiwi or something. Mm-hmm. Like you got to do something with it. And who wants to do that? But to get back to our list. Now you said you wanted somebody set up for the espionage, the spy kind uh-huh. of stuff. Yeah. 
I got him. Ragdoll. You got a ragdoll. And I'm going to mm-hmm. go with the same thing. And you need a female on the care. You need a female on the team. And I'm going to go with Ravenger. Oh. I think she's got this kind of the spy stuff. She's going to be able to handle herself against uh, it's Wade Wilson's daughter because mm-hmm. I know you're looking her up right now. No, no, no. I'm like, I was getting back to Chris's list. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that way. That was weird. Uh, but I think. She, <laughs> I. Listeners, I've done absolutely nothing except for click on a mouse. I just thought you were looking up, you were looking it up because you because you had this moment where you shook your head and then you're like <laughs> I don't I don't know who that is. No, and then you clicked like, on the that, mouse. That was Ravager. Realizing that Chris and John are almost the same person. <laughs> like Ravenger. Wait a second. <laughs> is this another one of your picks? Spoilers. No, no, no. Uh, <laughs> But I think she'd be she'd be someone who could handle herself on this team with these other egomaniacs, and she'd be someone who would be able to infiltrate, get things done, use that sniper rifle, and be the person who's up on the cliff protecting the other guys. She's well-rounded. She'll be able to do anything that's thrown towards her. And I think she'd, like I said, she'd be able to hold her own against these egomaniacs mm-hmm. and crazy people well she's also crazy yeah that's why that would be why has she had a new 52 appearance yet yeah, yeah she was in um that evil teen titans when they had the red yeah, animal boy mm. oh oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> the book was called ravagers yeah that, that, that's funny because uh can i go next paul of course because it um, makes sense for you to go next because if you're going to go with someone that can stand up against the egomaniacs, why don't you go with the biggest egomaniac who really is the best at everything he does? Her father, Deathstroke the Terminator. And this is going to be the person that would be fighting Captain Cold Leonard Stark for dominance on that team because he is going to be the smartest person there. And he's the guy that's not going to care who walks away from this. If Effigy buys it, you know, when they're completing this mission, that's fine. He he accounted for that. He's the guy that actually used Effigy's death to get him out of the mess. Exactly. And I, I imagine Deathstroke being the person that's in it for himself more than anybody else <clears throat> and willing to sacrifice any of the other people on the team to get through what they need to do so he can get out. And then treat it as business as usual. I'm liking everything you're saying, Chris, and I agree with you both that that kind of character is needed. And that's exactly why I put on somebody that's cold and calculating. Uh, Somebody that I also really enjoyed with Brad Meltzer uh, writing and rebirthing him. Uh, Noah Cutler and The Calculator. Uh, yeah, he was on my list. I, like, I took him. Like, I, it was between him and the Riddler. And it's and he he's going to be that guy that's like leading, you know, coming with the, up with the plans. He's going to be in the earpieces, telling people what to do, and reminding everybody of the whoever they're coming up against of weaknesses. And not actually in on, the fight on the mission. He's he stayed back. He's in the ops. He's in yeah. the ops room. He's he's uh, running things. He's uh, gaining all the information. He's 
paying, you know, sending somebody to pay off somebody else in order to break into the high level security area. He's the one that's getting the uniforms, you know, together so they can go in masquerading as so and so. He's the guy with all the connections. Yeah. And still doesn't have a new 52 appearance. Yeah, he's one of those characters from the old 52 that I I kind of miss. Not enough that I think about him like every time I pick up a comic book. Well, the but I, he, I, I like the fact that he was that counterpoint to Oracle. And without Oracle, it's kind of hard yeah. to have him. But but they and, still have that history where Barbara was Oracle. Mm-hmm. So I, I like that she was in it for the good, just to like help everybody. And I like the fact that he was in it for the profit. They were just mm-hmm. complete opposite sides of the spectrum. Yeah, the whole, like, oh, well, if you want to know this guy's weaknesses, you're going to have to credit me, you know, 500 bucks out of the same account? Okay, I just took the money. Here's the weaknesses of this guy. No, definitely a cool character. Definitely someone who I thought about putting on my list. Like, he definitely, he was was on my list, and I was like, it's either Riddler or that, and I thought I wanted that controversy between... Captain Cold and the Riddler. <clears throat> All right, uh, John, who goes next? Uh, we're doing uh, our fifth pick. Yes. Yeah, it'll be five. Let's. I'm gonna let you go. Oh. Uh, this is uh, number five. Is one of my favorite numbers, and so I'm gonna pick one of my favorite uh, like C level villains, somebody that we haven't seen in forever, and this is. Uh, Cataline Flores, uh, another female character, a Latina female character, uh, adds diversity to the lineup. Uh, Tarantula from the Nightwing run. You mentioned the Black Buster <laughs> run from Nightwing. Uh, uh, and she plays a major role and uh, is the person that killed that Blockbuster. Buster. Uh, created by uh, Devin Grayson, uh, first appeared in Nightwing number 71. And I've always enjoyed this villain love that she was basically the Catwoman to that Nightwing. Yeah. And I kind of like this kind of that she was she was just over the edge of being a hero. Yeah. And I I want that those kind of characters in a Secret 6. Somebody that or not Secret 6 and <laughs> Suicide Squad or Secret 6 either or um where they're trying to get redemption and it is possible that they could actually redeem themselves. It isn't that they're, this is their last chance and only chance at having a life. This is their last chance at redemption. Like, they could actually become heroes again. And that's kind of what I wanted to build in this team, uh, other than, like, uh, Solomon Grundy, who's just there for cannon fodder. Uh... My next pick, my number four. Can, can I ask Chris real quick what he thought about Tarantula? Because you were the guy that let me borrow all these issues for Nightwing. Me too. Yeah, so <laughs> if there was anybody that I wanted the opinion of Tarantula, it, it is you, Chris. And I know I brought her up in previous episodes. You have. Um, I, I love the blockbuster arc in Nightwing. Mm-hmm. And I just love that she was constantly, like, Egging I don't on. even want to say towing that line with Nightwing because like she was definitely willing to just like jump all over it mm-hmm. um and I, I think she's a great wait, pick wait. because she what's is the that... it the line or Nightwing's dick ooh oh. cause sex yeah. on the roof yeah creepy 
But she is that character that, for all intents and purposes, like, was a a hero. Mm -hmm. Like, on paper, like, she's the most vigilante of, like, vigilantes. Like, while you have Batman and Nightwing and Robin, who are, who are fighting the good fight, but they're, they still uphold the laws. Like, she was just like, well, no, I'm going to, I'm going to do this because it's right, but I'm going to do what I need to do to get it done. Like Huntress. Exactly. That's even still like Huntress. She's still at, follows a code, you know. Yeah, but Huntress is like that B level character where Tarantula is that C to like now D level character yeah. where you could do those kind of stories that you probably wouldn't want to waste Huntress on. And nobody's rem- nobody remembers her yeah. except for those people that read those Nightwing. So if you want to kill her off or you want to make her go all villain, you could. Or you can make her more redeeming, like mm-hmm. she could be the breakout star. That's why I put her on my team. No, it's good. Well, what's what's kind of sad is talking about Tarantula here made me want to reread the uh, Kate Spencer Manhunter. Mm, yeah. Yeah, those were really good. Because th- those were really good, but that's still a character that is going to be a little bit more on the side of the angels than the devils, you know? Mm-hmm. But... Just like talking about Tarantula, maybe like, man, Manhunter was a good series. It was a super good series. Yeah. Marco and. Uh, yeah, Mark and Draco. Mark and Draco. There it is. I don't remember who was on art for that. It was oh. almost like that Jay Lee <laughs> kind of style. Uh, John is Manhunter. Now I kind of wish I had Manhunter on my team. <laughs> I thought about. <laughs> it. I actually thought about it, but I was like, oh, she's too more, too much of a hero. But it would be a good thing to have her on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm gonna go with someone else. Oh man, think about that! Like she's in prison, and the only way out is to join this team. And because if she stays in prison, she's going to die because she's in lockup with people she put into lockup. Yeah. Oh, such uh, a good story. It is good. Kind of cool. Uh, and I'm gonna go with another person who could be cannon fodder, who has had somewhat of a revival over on the Arrow show. Mm-hmm but who I don't know has been in the Green Arrow comic books. They kind of remade him into Komodo, but I'm going to go with uh, Merlin the Archer. Mm. Uh, That's a good pick because he's such a dick on that show. Have you watched the... I'm too too behind. Oh, my God. But, yes. It's good. Yeah. Paul, are you watching Arrow? No, I haven't. Okay. But, so we we can talk about it. I don't care about ruining anything. Oh no! What was the last episode you watched? Enjoyable shows are enjoyable. It was, no matter it was what. the episode where the arrow comes back and he stops Merlin from killing Brick. Okay, well you're not too far behind. That's only yeah. I'm like, just two, what, two. I'm episodes? just two episodes behind. Yeah, the uh, the last one's good. Yeah, no, I've heard. Everybody keeps telling me that I need to catch up, and so I, I'm trying. Uh, but I think he's somebody. He he is a dick. And he does know how to do his job well. And he's a character that nobody would care if he died. But you kind of want him to keep going. And I think he'd be someone who would be kind of fun on this thing, on this list. And you could make him... Nobody really remembers who he is or what he is. People have an idea from Arrow. But you could really change the character in this. You could make him mm-hmm. a little more... Maybe a little more fun about stuff. Maybe 
always trying to one-up Ravenger about, like, a shot that she's done with a gun. Well, I mean, yeah, that's fine. But here, I'm going to shoot two guys with two arrows with one shot. You know, like, that kind of stuff. Like, I could see him being a little more kind of fun and kind of always in competition with everybody and what they're doing. I... As, as much as I like Merlin as the counterpoint to Green Arrow in the comic books, when it came down to it, he was just another archer that was evil. And I, I think the show really did a lot to elevate that character up by just introducing him and his family into Oliver Queen's life. And like you said, like people don't really know or care about him anymore. If they were able to draw a little bit from the show and just transform him to more like that kimono type character, that's a character I would pay attention to in the comics. Yeah. And And I I think it'd be a great addition to this team. Like I said, like kimono was the kind of remake of Merlin. Yeah. I agree. Chris, your number five? Um, oh, I gotta get over my list quick. Um, cause my number five, I, uh, I already have my Green Lantern villain, I have my Flash villain, Batman. I, I need someone to go toe to toe with Wonder Woman. And I thought about Dr. Psycho, but then I was like, I already have, like, a bunch of people with actual superpowers on my list. I need, I need another scrapper. Someone that can fight in the fray alongside of Deathstroke. And I actually went with Cheetah. She was on my list. She was definitely really? someone who mm-hmm. I thought about putting on my list, but I took off for um, Ravenger, and then I had another character on, too. I think her New 52 incarnation's interesting. That's why I put her on my list. See, I haven't seen her in the New 52 yeah, I besides seen her like. New 52 either. She uh, has only she appeared was in like a Justice League issue. Yep. I that's it. I haven't read that book in forever. Justice League number thirteen. That's like her appearance in the New Fifty Two, and, and I, she's. I, I honestly don't remember it. She's imbued with the goddess with powers from the goddess of the hunt, and uh, she actually stole Wonder in in the Justice League issues. She stole uh, like the lasso of truth, but it didn't really work for her because she wasn't pure of heart. Blah 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 bullshit. But Is the it? whole idea that she. She is all about hunting people, and having, like, these half-cheetah powers is kind of interesting. Is it still the same, like, woman from the new, like, before yeah. the New 52, where, like, she was a scientist that found, like, the relics? Uh, she's a relic hunter, yeah, Barbara Minerva, and yeah. she found, finds this uh, ancient dagger, and it imbues her with this power. Okay. Yep. Yeah. It, as long as, the like, the core of the character is still there, like... That's what I want, because I see that, like, crazy scrapper, because she's someone that I would believe is has been caught, captured, and locked up, and just will do whatever she needs to do to get out. Yeah. And that was, like, the basis for the character, because I needed, like, a female character on my team. I needed a foil for one woman. And I, I just, I needed another scrapper. Mm-hmm. I, I like the whole idea of her being like the goddess of the hunt where she's constantly needing to challenge herself to go after bigger and bigger targets. So being on a suicide squad where she might not be coming back is the ultimate 
like she's almost a, a, a super metahuman thrill seeker at this point. You know, that's what I kind of thought of the character as writing her that way, where she's on this team and she's going to put the team in. She's the loose cannon. She's a loose cannon with uh, Harley Quinn. Like she's going to put the team probably more so in danger than actually help the team out. <laughs> Just because she's going to run in full bore. Like, calculators yelling at her in the earpiece, and she's just taking the earpiece and being like, nope! She's like, yeah, I heard you. I'm still going to rip this dude's throat yep. out. To hell but she would also be able to do quite a bit of stealth. Like, she'd be somebody who would work mm-hmm. good on that team. Yeah. No, definitely a fun, like, not, like a fun way to play with what was going on in that team. Yeah. And sidebar, as I'm trying to check into the persimmon ship on Untapped, like four other persimmon uh, sours popped up. Well, I guess it's. I, I'd imagine it's pretty. The fruit of the sour. <laughs> pretty useful. But what's the sours. fruit of your next pick? Whoever is going. Why don't, next. You, why don't you go, Chris? Okay. Um, for mine, this is someone that I had on my list, and then when I saw the message that we we're going to trim it down to five, I cut her off because I was like, she was just kind of a. Uh, throw-on character for the Superman villain that's not, like, the best Superman villain ever. Like, you will not see her in a movie or anything, but you could see her on the TV show. Uh, it's Livewire. Hmm. Okay. Um, she's not a standout character in my mind. She's a little bit too rebellious to actually, like, hold her own against real superheroes I think and just having that attitude on a team of people that are out fighting for their lives probably wouldn't get her very far but I see her being a good foil for the team just because she's not as uh, seasoned as all these other uh, villains that I have on the team mm-hmm. like she's not the person that's gone like toe-to-toe with everybody multiple times. She, she's popped up a couple times in the uh, Superman books, but... She's never gone well, against the Justice League. Yeah. yeah. Ultimately, like, she's an electric villain. If she gets wet, her powers, <laughs> like, kick off. Like, she's not great. But, again, kind of like Cheetah, she's one of those villains that's probably rotting in a cell somewhere, and you give her the chance to get out. She'll take it. And she's going to like to open up as she's getting out. So, yeah. Really let the sparks fly. I was going to say, like, she's not like a Lex Luthor or Brainiac or Metallo, but those are the characters that you can't really have thrown in jail. Yeah. You know, even Lex Luthor, he's not going to be sitting in a cell doing Mm -hmm. what he needs to do to get out. He's already going to have done it so he doesn't get thrown in. Yeah, because Livewire wouldn't do well with Resistance. Nah. Oh. But, Paul, your final pick? Well, I already kind of mentioned Cheetah. I haven't done So, me. John, go ahead with your... Oh, I, I, I know you I said you, you already did. on your did list, you but you yeah. said you had eight. I did, I did do... You well, did six, right? I did six, because I mentioned Cheetah was with you, with uh, your fifth pick, uh, Chris. So, John, well, Paul, John Paul, can wrap you, it up. You had eight, so you could technically... 
I know I could technically mention right here that Captain Boomerang is, you know, a stalwart of the uh, Suicide Squad, and of course that George Harkness should be the one doing it, old Digger Harkness, and not uh, the kid. But, you know, that's not my place right now. My place is to throw it over to John. And, I'm, I'm sorry, I, before you throw it over to John, I'm going to ask you, have you seen the Flash Arrow crossover no. episode with... No. Th- that was a good one. I've only seen I like that one a lot. Yeah. six episodes of Flash. You're missing out. I know I am. Because it's really I, I good, lost Paul. Hulu. Yeah, you should have let me know sooner. It's okay. <laughs> Paul, it's, it's really good. good. I, I know it's really good. I've heard it's really good. Flash was my favorite. Paul. Uh, new Chris. It's really good. Yeah. John? What's it's really, it's really good. good. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go... Your, your team. Last person for my team... Again. I could also mention Silver Banshee real quick just to go up against <laughs> Superman, but, you know, I won't. It's my job to throw it over to John right now. Because uh, uh, her new uh, 52 appearance was with Supergirl number 7, uh, and she teeters that line between is she going to be a good guy or is she going to be a bad guy. But that's not what I'm here to do. Not, not what you're here to do. I'm here to ask John what his last pick is. Last pick, another C-level character who I haven't seen since Black Adam put his mask through his face uh, and that's going to be Psycho Pirate. Psycho Pirate is somebody who's going to be able to not only play the other people on this team mm-hmm. and use their emotions for his own gain, but also someone who could work well if you're trying to infiltrate something and or get something out of someone, you know, use the, his powers to manipulate their emotions. Also has the ability to create duplicates. So you could... yeah. I know. Forgot about that. Uh, so yeah, you I didn't remember that either. So you can have him almost dying every episode <laughs> or every issue too. Um, but I think he'd be someone who, you know, people are already going to be running hot. They're already going to be clashing, and this guy is going to be getting off on their emotions, their anger, mm-hmm. their fear before going on to this mission. Anything going on there, he's going to be giddy and excited about what they're doing. And, oh, you're going to let me loose in this military base full of all these people? Mm-hmm. Ooh. You know, someone who trails off and is not doing the mission but is being that emotional vampire on, on different people. I'm actually looking up Psycho Pirate right now because I don't remember the last time I read anything with him in it besides Infinite Crisis. And yeah, when he gets yeah, killed. The, uh, mm-hmm. Like the JSA like uh, classified Power Girl miniseries. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with Psycho Pirate, I would almost, like, if I was on the team, I'd be like, no, you lock that guy up. Yeah, yeah, you and, don't want him with a cell, you. And what we do is we bring in people to be interrogated, we throw them into the cell with Psycho Pirate, we lock the door quickly behind us because we don't want to be anywhere near that guy. Yeah, you, he's the guy that you, you do not, don't want to sit next to on the helicopter ride. Nope. And he's the guy that... You do that's, not do a trust fall with Psycho Pirate. He, he's the person that nobody else wants on the team, mm-hmm. but he's there, so how are you going to use him? Nope, he's in a straitjacket in a room tied up and <laughs> double-celled where we put we put the but guy got in it. the cell, we close the door, <laughs> you that door opens yeah. and then opens up to his cell Yeah, because we that, never see him. But that guy is in the helicopter with you. Nope. Yep. No. He's not getting... He's there. No, he's he there. He's the B.A. Baracus of the team. He's not getting on any helicopter. He's there. 
and he's landing and he's walking like two steps nope. behind you and he's creeping you out and everybody wants to kill him on the thing but they've told you if you kill him that we're going to blow up your head like you have to work well with this guy Psycho Amy. Pirate does not work well with others. Apparently he has appeared in the new 52. Really? In Superboy number 23. Hmm. He was a member of the 20, a group of people who are infected by a brainiac with a psionic virus and gives them all psionic abilities. Hmm. And also the ability to tell us what's coming up next from TBS. So if you were, uh, next time, if you miss the 20, come by to the movie theater earlier and see what's new oh i see what you did yeah. i was confused in the beginning yeah i didn't I know where you was going either i don't know I why you there. brought up tbs because that's every time i get yeah, there I know, they usually have like something to tv a trailer for TBS but i didn't know what you were talking about so you got to the end the 20 the 20 yeah at the real cinemas yeah yeah <laughs> but you brought tbs up and i was confused mm-hmm. So, yeah, I am too. Every time I'm at the movies and uh, the 20 brings up TBS, and I'm like, I don't care about any of these shows. Chris, do you have any extra characters, your little throw-ins that you're like, hey, maybe this guy? Because Paul got to do a couple of his. Well, because you got to kill some of these people off. That's all I'm saying. You know, yeah. there, there, there are some did killers. Have eight. You did have eight. Yeah. I was just asking you if you had any kind of like other characters you thought about. Maybe a croc? Just he one that you crack. Did he? Did he? Did he say it? I did. Oh, he's my muscle. This is muscle. Okay. Ah. If you didn't have anyone, I, I don't mean to put you on the spot. If, no, I. You got the I'm list. Trying, he sent you the I'm list. Sorry. I'm sorry. I you saw the list. Look. I'm trying to think if I had anyone else that I was like thinking about, but that I didn't put on. Like, like I said, I had um, Doctor Psycho possibly, but. I, need, I wanted another scrapper, and I needed a female character because I had already taken off Livewire. Then Livewire got added cool. back on mm-hmm. when I found out we were going to do six. Yeah, um, I, I stayed away from all the psychic kind of characters because I kind of wanted the team to all kind of trust each other a little bit. And once you bring in any kind of mental control characters, you cannot trust them. Uh, and that's that's kind of why I left Felix Faust off because I was like, you don't like he'd be good on the team but like magic wouldn't be the best thing with a kind of infiltrating yeah uh, undercover kind of team um if he wasn't going to be in the new series i probably like would have gone with black hand because he's just fucking crazy he's creepy yeah he's weird um oh i had someone else in mind that was like on the verge of being on my list with black hand Um, if you're on the suicide squad you it's like double. I don't want to die on Suicide Squad <laughs> because Black oh. Hand is going to do something weird with my body. <laughs> I, Amanda Waller. I already know. Hey, I don't want to die. I hey, definitely don't want to die next to that guy. And this is Amanda Waller. We're not worried about you dying because if you die, he just reanimates you and you um, carry on. The other one I was thinking about, but I didn't know the character's status um, because I don't. I thought they were going to be appearing in Secret Six, but it was a. Uh, Calvin Rose, the talent. Yeah, isn't from, he? Uh, he was in Secret Six, or uh, su- he was yes. supposed to be. I, he was supposed to be, and you see his mask actually yeah. in like, yeah. the drawer where they pop the mask. But he wasn't there, and the character I thought was him was actually someone else. I don't oh. remember who because yeah, but that was know, a horrible was, se- series, yeah. a bad horrible issue. First like, issue, nope. art was bad. Everything. Uh, yeah. T. Omaro was the other person. Like, if you couldn't do calculator, if you couldn't do that, dude. 
I only know him from the Hero Clicks piece. No, from from um, fifty two. Like he was on the, was island, on the island with the side. Like oh, that's okay. that's where I was like, Tio Morrow's fucking badass. And I'm gonna. I have those issues all up there, right there. Nice. I'm pointing to them. I need to reread those. Yeah. Um, so but he was really the person. Like, if I wasn't gonna use the Riddler, the the calculator, like another kind of brain kind of thing. Or, I'm so oh, in love with the idea you're going, of the Riddler. By the way, you're going you're going on this mission. Here, you're gonna need this. I created this. Uh, this will hack into any systems. You just need to put this near a computer. I can get into it. Mm-hmm. Or yeah, this robot arm that I just created, uh, fix over your other one, and now you can laser blast everything. You know, like he'd be the guy that he's the Q. He's the yeah. forge. Yeah. Of your X Factor, which is your Suicide Squad. But, uh, but he's not. Complete sidebar again. I'm going to throw this out there because I don't care about ruining anything for Paul now. Nope. Um, have you caught up on Flash? Oh yeah, I, Flash is something uh, I'm current. Broad. Yeah. Right. Dude. I, I, What's with this? That moment, business? I was like, oh my god, and Lexi was like. Who who is that? Is that an actual character? I was like, yes. All right. And then she had a Google crowd because I would not give her any information. Because you and I don't as talk as much as we used to. Wells. Yeah. He's, he's fucking Barry from the future, right? I, that's what I'm assuming. That, I mean, he's got to be. And that the blood that they found on the wall is actually his. Yeah. But they can still tie it into it being Barry's because right. he is Barry. Exactly. And exactly. Okay, good. Because uh, when he had the gun, he was going to shoot Firestorm. And, I mean, he's got the fucking lightning bolt ring. But then, like, as he's holding the gun, they show him, like, touch the back of his neck where Barry was shot, like, a few episodes before that. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, that's such a tie-in. And then when he actually uses what he's been using to save him to save um, Firestorm, like, he does have these moments where he is the hero he's supposed to be. Yeah. But then at the same time, fucking bad. No, and it it all feeds into like the reverse Flash stuff where he's trying to make the better hero and his being there actually makes Flash possible by being in the past. Yeah. And then using like future science to create like the particle accelerator. Like it's the yeah. snake that eats itself. But it's I, the Ouroboros. Do you believe that there are two Reverse flashes. Or should be. That makes sense. There's one that's Wells, and I think there's another one that isn't Wells. You think there's... That that is a possibility, because... Because my biggest biggest thing... And I'm sorry, listeners, if you don't care about this, but this is just us being friends. All right. So, the first time the reverse flash shows up... they're fighting in, like, the... um... They're fighting. He's about to kill Barry. And then Firestorm stops him. And they're able to get away. He gets away. But he was about to kill Barry. Mm-hmm. Wells is still trying to keep him alive. Like the moment where, like the next episode, where the rocket is about to hit Barry, mm-hmm. and Wells is about to stand up out of his chair. Yeah, he's and about do to something. get out of the chair. Yeah, that's not a guy that was just about to kill Barry. No, I, I think it's very well possible, especially if one of them is a future future. Yeah, one that wants to stop. Who knows? Like. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see where it goes. I can't wait. I can't. I can't wait. And this is the sh- I, this is the show. I every week I'm like there. Nothing else matters. You got you got to watch Arrow. It's, it was, the last one was really good. And hopefully the next episode of the Bang Boardcast will be really good too as well. It'll be our uh, February look back. 
Mm. Reviewing oh, so all the comic books. Good. Yep. Reviewing all the oh. awesome comic books that came out in February. And only the awesome ones. Because we... No, no, I bought some number ones. <laughs> oh, no. I bought some number okay. ones. I, I will say, after uh, last week when you were talking about The Empty, I was like, it can't be that bad. And it was. Oh, so bad, right? It, it was, yeah. Oh, my gosh. It just bothered me. First page. First no page, I was like, has. whoa. Yeah, The Empty's really bad. Mm. I yeah, picked so, up a new one called Plunder, which I'm kind of liking. Cool, nice. cool. So look forward to that, and uh, we look forward to you rating and review us over on the iTunes. I love those ratings and reviews. John loves also, them even more. I like Do them. it for John. Do Don't it for do John. it for me. I also love when you send us emails at contactedbaggingboardcast.com or individually at Chris, John, or Paul. And we always try to answer those. If we don't send you an email directly, we will answer them on the show. On the show. So or keep listening. we will answer them on the show, and I will send you an email letting you know that you need to listen to the show to Excellent. hear your answer. Very good. I like it. 